Hello there, you're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What is up, church? It is me again, <clears throat> coming at you with the hotness. <laughs> with the hotness, that's silly. Anyway, uh, what a lovely day. What a lovely day to record. What a lovely day to talk about stuff with you guys. That made no sense um, in terms of English composition. Let me say it again. What a lovely day to talk with you guys about things that are going on with me. Um, but first and foremost, how is everyone? Lovely. Glad to hear it. What a lovely reply. I'm happy that you guys are all doing so well. I hope you're all doing so well. I believe you're all doing so well. Um, before we get started, big shout out to Diffmix and Diffmix.com for their production of this podcast. Is this called a podcast, you think? Like, I call it an audio journal. And it's really an audible diary, journal, whatever you want to call that. Um, <clears throat> however, I mean, I guess it is a podcast. I, I, I'm sure it's a podcast. It's called the WhatsApp Church Podcast. I mean, like, you know, what I mean, what are we, what are we talking about here? Of course, it's a podcast. But I don't really, because it's such a one-sided situation. I feel like I'm just talking at the ether and talking at the microphone, and then <laughs> who knows what happens with it after that. Um, I don't know. It's weird sometimes that you're like. If you've ever done this, or if you ever want to do this, one, talk to Diffmix. They're awesome. They'll give you all the information you need. But two, it really is like a weird thing to just to speak into a box, more or less, and then just kind of leave it there. You know what I mean? And you don't really know what it does. And I'm believing the Lord's going to do with it whatever he wants to do with it. Um, again, because a lot of times this is, this is literally just talking to me. I could be just talking to a wall. And the impact would be the same for me because it's more just me verbally processing things going on. But I, you know, it's just sometimes I, I it's kind of a, a weird thing to be talking into this. And you're like, oh, I don't even know what's the point of this sometimes, but <laughs> it's funny. Funny to me. Anyway, um, today I wanted to talk about the idea of is Jesus enough? And I, and I go back to the idea of striving, working, you know, what is that like? You know what I mean? Like, what is it like to be like always in an effort of putting forth effort? Like why I get frustrated because I feel like I get in this routine of performance. I get into a routine of accomplishment. I get into a, a vibe of faith. You know, I've, I've talked about before, like faith with works. And I, and I've said that, but at the same time, I have this competitive nature, this desire to perform, do well, compete. And maybe perform is not the right word, but like definitely have some measurable data of what I'm doing. Like a significant, you know what I mean? Like I want to return on my investment, so to speak. I, I want to do stuff. And so I find it frustrating when I feel like I'm not doing anything, you know? And 
so I, I've been obviously listening. If you've heard, I've been listening to to other other sermons, and our our pastor's been doing great stuff, really talking about the word and how important it is. But I heard something recently, and it kind of like just stopped me in my tracks. Uh, and it was a perspective of how important the gospel is versus anything else, like versus anything else you kind of have this idea of the gospel, like the power of it all is in the gospel. It's not in the manifestations. It's not in miracles. It's not in any of those things, which are all great. There's nothing wrong with those, but none of those save your soul. Like a miracle doesn't save your soul. A miracle is just something to like, just marvel at and be impressed with, but it doesn't do anything for you spiritually, unless it gives you, unless it moves you closer to the Lord and, and, and get you to, but like, it's all the gospel. It's the word of God. Like, and like, there has to be this moment. So I, I go back, like, obviously one of my favorite scriptures is John 15, five, you know, I'm the vine, you are the branch. He who abides in me and I am him bears much fruit for without me, you can do nada, nothing, nunca, not a thing. And I was hearing someone talk about this and like, cause a lot of times we don't keep going on, right? We, we, we stop at five cause it's awesome, you know, but we don't keep going on, which is really important to, to keep going on. Um, but let's just start from one real fast, like 15, John 15 verse one, I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So he will, he will be even more fruitful. One like crazy intro into a chapter, like, like he, the father removes branches that don't produce fruit and he prunes those that do. So they produce more fruit, you know, like you're like, yeah, you get those pruning that craziness, which I think is awesome, but it goes in and, and, uh, Verse three, or uh, yeah, verse three, it says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Like bearing fruit is, is a byproduct of abiding, right? And this is where it gets really kind of crazy because then it goes in verse five, obviously I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown to the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. What? This is to the father's, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Like, and then go jumps out of the tent. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. That is so crazy. So the fruit is a promise. Like Jesus promises, if you remain in me, if you abide in me, you will produce fruit. Not because you're producing fruit, but because it is a byproduct of abiding in me, keeping my commandments, loving me. And it just completely blows up the idea of striving. 
and it blows up this idea of working. It blows up my desire to do something when it's so simple of just the doing is remaining in him, abiding in him. I know it's like, it's just like, it's so silly to say it out loud. Like, obviously, obviously, Daniel, yes, that is it. Abide in him. Yes. But why do I get restless in that abiding? Why do I get all antsy pantsy? And I feel like I have to like, Jesus, I got this. Like, Jesus, let me help you out. Jesus, you know, bro. <laughs> and is, is it because the, I'm not patiently waiting? Yes, obviously. That's clearly part of it. Um, is it also, I feel like I need to do something. Well, yes, that's also part of it. Like I have that, that default setting, favorite, favorite phrase, hashtag default setting. Um, but I, uh, that's what gets back to me. It's like, how do I rest in the Lord? And how do I just abide? How do I just love him? How do I just love him? And then let everything else he's control. He, he has promised. If you abide in me, you will produce much fruit. It's not you will produce the fruit. I will produce the fruit through you because you are attached to me. You know, I'm, you know, I'm the vine. You are the branch. Like being connected to me, you will without a doubt produce fruit. So why do I make this complicated? Why do I put work and effort into it? That's not to say that you aren't to be obedient and do things and work and, and you, you know what I mean? But like spiritually, I, I can't add to the gospel. It's flawless. I can't do anything to act. I, all I can do is love him. And I heard a great mess. A part of this message the other day was about um, Solomon. Like everyone touts Solomon for his amazing prayer about wanting wisdom, right? Everyone, everyone says that like, oh my gosh. Like, again, if you, if you want to know scripturally, it's first Kings three, uh, seven, I think it's, yeah, seven it says now, Lord, my God, you have made me, made your servant King in place of my father, David, but I am only a little child and not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here, here among the people you have chosen a great people too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong for who is able to govern this great people of yours question mark. And so obviously this pleased the Lord. And so it says, since you have asked for this and not for a long life or wealth for yourself or not have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administrating justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will be, there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be like, boom. And we can all agree. There's never been anyone like Solomon. Never has anyone been like Solomon in terms of wisdom authority power. I mean, this guy was worshiped across the globe. Leaders from all over the, the planet came to this dude just to hear him speak. He was so genius. You know what I mean? Like we read Proverbs, all the, like, my gosh, like the dude was on another level. Clearly, clearly. However, the scripture says, you know, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know what I mean? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So he didn't ask for wisdom. He asked for discernment and administering justice. That's not the same thing as wisdom. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm being nitpicky here because like he was so smart. Yes, he was very, he had an unbelievable discernment. He knew right and wrong. He knew justice, but he didn't ask for fear of the Lord. You know what I mean? He didn't, 
let me rephrase that. He didn't maintain a fear of the Lord by his, you know, he brought in wives. He brought in a lot of things into Jerusalem that was not good. Idolatry, false prophet, like false gods, like, you know, other, other religions he allowed in. So as smart as he was at discerning justice, as smart as he was at administering to his people, there was a massive blind spot. And so this person pointed out, he's like, oh, well, was that a good prayer? Or what did his father pray? And again, this is like, I'd never thought about this way, but like, you want to talk about two totally different prayers. Solomon, give me a discernment to justice so I can lead your people. An amazing prayer, an awesome prayer. However, David, Psalms 27.4, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Like nothing else mattered to David, but the presence of the Lord. Nothing else mattered except seeking him and to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Like he just wanted the Lord. It, nothing else mattered to David. Not his ability to, to lead, not his skill sets as a king, not his ability to be a father. None of that was important. The most important thing to David was God and being in relationship with God and being in fellowship with God and seeing the beauty of the Lord that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Like, like is there a better prayer in the Bible? Besides Jesus teaching us how to pray, you know, like our father, that one. Like, so you can sit there and say, well, Solomon's prayer was great. It was really, really good. But what did it lead to? David's prayer, however, what did that lead to? You know what I mean? Like, like David had a heart after the father. That was what the thing. So David, plenty of mistakes, plenty of faults, plenty of room to look at David and say, hey guy, you missed it there. However, his heart's truest desire was to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Like that was his prayer. So we talk about like, you know, if you, had, if you could have one prayer, what would it be? David's by far is the best prayer. And it's not a work. It's not a, I can get in the temple and do stuff. It's just to be in his presence so I can gaze on the beauty of the Lord. To just, just be overwhelmed with him and have that be your resting place. And it's like, what a prayer. Like, what a prayer. You know, prop Solomon, dude, way to, way to really be selfless and, and ask for some amazing things. And because of that, you were given so much. I mean, there could not have been a more exalted king in the history of the world besides Solomon. His wealth, his influence, his power. I mean, but David had the purest prayer of like, I just want to be in your presence. I want to dwell in your house all the days of my life. I want to gaze upon your beauty. And I don't want to ever leave that. Like that is uh, so good, right? So good. Do I think like that? I don't know. Like, I think like that. I don't act like that. Well, let me phrase that. I randomly think like that. <laughs> I'm convicted on why I don't act like that. <laughs> I like, you know, uh, yeah, that, that sounds great on paper. You know, but that's what I go back to. Like, where do I get my time? What gets my time? And I was, I was literally praying about that last night. I was awake. Shocker. I, I, I spend a lot of my time awake at night. 
not a lot. I'm actually getting much better at sleeping. You know what I mean? But, um, I, I don't dislike my awake time because I've learned to, to, to act actually like, you know, prayer. I've, I've talked about that plenty of times. Like it's my prayer time. And I'm like, like, Oh, I'm, I'm awake a lot. I'm like, Oh, that means I should be praying more. Like I should be praying more. Um, and so I've got some few things on my checklist that I'd like to pray for now, but I was just asking the Lord, like, Lord, what is it? Like, show me what it is I'm not getting about does like, why is it a, a, a frustration? My walk, why is desiring you difficult at times? What is it about what I'm doing that is putting a barrier between me and you? And that was what my prayer was like. I'm like, Lord, like, what is, what is that? I need to understand it. I need to understand it so I can correct it. I need to understand it so I can not do it. You know, like I, I don't want to have barriers, but why do they come so easily? What is it that I'm feeding in me that I shouldn't be feeding? What am I starving that I shouldn't be starving? You know, like I, 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 I really think about those things and I ask it out loud, like, man, Lord, like, what do I need to be doing differently? So I have that fire, that desire, that authentic, genuine, David-like attitude of just, I want to be in your presence to gaze upon your beauty. I just want that. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. And then like, like you, like Jesus promised, if I just abide in him, he promises to produce fruit. So regardless if I'm not producing fruit, as long as I continue to abide in him and love him and just cherish him, then all the rest will, will, will solve itself. Like that is a promise from the Lord. You will produce much fruit. And so I, I, I get frustrated because I complicate it. I make it something so difficult. I make it, I don't know, hard. Like, cause it can't be as easy as to love Jesus. It can't be as easy as like in the word. And that, I think that's probably part of it too. Like, like sometimes the word just, uh, you know, it's a bummer for me to admit it, but sometimes the word isn't alive. Let me rephrase that. It's alive. I'm, I'm not receiving it. You know what I mean? Like, this is not a word problem. <laughs> this is, this is a Daniel problem and I'm reading it and I'm just, you know, like the distractions of this and that. And I'm so I'm like, golly, Lord, I want to quiet down. I want to just listen to what you have for me. And so I, I, you know, obviously I turn on some, some, some ministry podcasts that I really enjoy, which are always great. Um, and then it's just, well, all right, Lord, what, what should be the best path forward for me? Like, how do I learn to just be in your presence? How do I learn to sit and just abide and just love and just seek more of you? You know? I love wisdom. You know, I, I, I want a, a healthy fear of the Lord in my life, but I, but I, I want that to be that, that, that reverence, that awe, that just taken aback. I don't want to get complacent with it. And I don't want to be like, oh, you know, like, I don't know. It's so frustrating when you get in these spots and like, I'll have these moments of just, oh, wow. Epiphany, like feeling the presence of God, like per perfect example. Last night, yesterday, like for some reason, I don't know what happened. I tweaked my back slightly, like just, you know what I mean? And so like, 
if you've ever had back problems like I've had, they're, you know, like they're not great, but you know, when you've done something wrong, I should say, like, you know, when you've done something different than just a, my back's a little tired from sitting down, there's a very different kind of pain. And I had the different kind of pain yesterday. Like I was getting up and I was like, Ooh, golly, like, like, like something sitting on a nerve set. That's what it felt like. Like some part of my back, like a vertebrae, whatever disc, blah, 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 was pressing on or sitting on a nerve set, which is just so frustratingly painful. And I don't have back pain anymore. So praise the Lord. So when I felt it, it was like, oh man, that gosh, that's not good. Like, you know what I mean? I'm trying to like stretch and move around a little bit. Like maybe it was just, you know, just sitting awkwardly for a moment. I don't know. But it wasn't, it was still really stingy, stingy, stingy. And so that's, you know, how I finished my nights. So I finally lay down, go to bed. And then like at night, it's like still having that like stingy feel of like, just ouch. Like, like, you know what I mean? Definitely like a nerve set. And so before I started like, like, like while I'm doing my prayer stuff, I'm thinking about this. And then I just stopped middle of it. And I started praying out loud, like just claiming, I'm like, no, Lord, you healed me. Like you've healed my back. Like there is no doubt in my mind that you've healed my back. So this pain is not allowed. Like, and I just started really speaking over the pain, like, like pain, you, my back is healed. That pain, you're not allowed to be in my back. You're not allowed to be here because I am healed. Like, I'm not going to allow this pain back. You don't get to creep your head back in and then getting me doubting or confusing if I've been healed. No, I am healed. So this back pain, you've got to go. And it went away immediately. And I mean, immediately, like in the middle of the prayer, it completely left. And I haven't had one ounce of it since. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Like, like it worked. You know, and it's so like, you know what I mean? Like it's an obvious prayer, but like, I'm like in my head, half of me was just blown away by how good God is again. Like just claiming that. And immediately the pain went away. Like immediately the pain went away. And the second part of me is like, why did I wait so long to pray about this? Like, why is that not my default decision? My my absolute first thing is to pray about it. Why do I not do that? And I, I was asking the Lord, like, Lord, like part of my other prayer, like, why do I not do the things that I know? Like, give this to God, give this to you, pray over this. Like, why am I not doing that? And here it is, a moment I, the moment I, I give myself over to prayer, immediately, immediately, it's gone. Immediately healed. Like I was healed before, but you know what I mean? Like immediately all this, the pain, any of it was gone. And then I went right back to sleep like a baby. Slept like a baby. No pain. So apparently there is a uh, delivery truck here because my dog, who I love, does not like delivery drivers. Like it's the weirdest thing. He has a just... <laughs> a murderous rage towards any delivery truck. And he can see the different delivery trucks. Like he knows the difference between a person driving like a Ford pickup or like a pickup truck, or whatever, versus a Amazon delivery. He knows the sounds. Like it's the craziest thing. He'll be laying there and all of a sudden his head will perk right up when like a service vehicle or a, any kind of delivery truck, service truck, whatever, he knows them and they are his enemy. That's all he can say. Like, he's like, I don't know that person over there, but I want to get to him because I want to tear him up. So whenever there is a, a delivery truck or any of that, he just goes, he's like, can you please let me at them? Please, I want to get to them. And so if you hear a lot of barking, 
It's delivery time here in the neighborhood. <laughs> anyway, I digress. So yeah, why don't I pray more? Like, why don't I pray for the thing? You know what I mean? Like, why don't I do that? Like, why don't I give it to God immediately? Like, why, where is that? You know, does it, like, I, I don't have unbelief in terms of like, I know he's done it. He's healed me. He's delivered me so many times from things. Like I am so blown away by his grace towards me. Why is there a hesitation on any level of my part to engage with him? Why? Like, what is that about? Like how many times can he prove his love, his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness, his healing? His, how many times can he do it? And me be like, oh, well, you know, like, why do I have question marks? Why do I have hesitations? Like, why, you know what I mean? Why am I not just abiding? You know, and, and that's so annoying from my perspective, the abiding part of like, dude, dude, like just abide, just abide. You know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Like, again, like, why do I have to have my brain wrapped around an idea before I move? And I think that's kind of it, which is idolatry of self for sure. Like, I, I overthink things, shocker, um, being the analytical person that I am. Like, I like to think things. I like to process through things. And sometimes there's great value to that. I'll be the first to admit. Like a lot of times, I think there's really good value to that. I like to I like to read scripture and I like to understand it. And I like to see it from perspectives that maybe not everyone else does. Not because I'm so smart, but because it helps me understand it. However, that same desire to understand something can put a roadblock in faith because faith is not understanding. Faith is believing. Like faith is just believing he is who he says he is and he's just gonna do what he says he's gonna do and his promises are true. That's faith. And that does not look normal. That does not make any sense in the natural. There's nothing <laughs> like the things he does, you know, I mean, walk around a, a, a village for seven days and the walls come down. All right. That's not how you wage battles, you know, but that's where I'm at. Like, like, you know, what about my understanding is limiting me because I have to have understanding and I'll never understand any of this stuff. Like the Lord does not work in the ways that are make sense to me or you. He, he works according to the ways he said, which means you have to have faith for things. And so it's funny. I, we just recently uh, read the, the um, Frank Peretti piercing the darkness books. Those two, I, I, I listened to those two. I didn't read them. I listened to them on audible and they were good books, but they really brought up the idea of spiritual warfare about what's going on around you and like how much is going on. And I've never really given much thought to that. Like, I know it's there, obviously. I know it's there, but I don't, I don't, I don't walk around with it. You know what I mean? And so it was funny in the book, they kind of, all these spirits had like a spirit of distraction, spirit of anger, spirit of frustration, spirit. Like they had, all of them had a names. These demons had a names that were impacting these people. And I'm like, my gosh, how close is that to reality? How close is that to the, like the demonic war, like the spiritual warfare that's going on in our lives? Again, I don't think everything's the devil. Uh, I think a lot of times we, we are our own worship needs and a lot of things, but at the same, uh, that, that presence of 
spiritual warfare, that things are going on around us, that there are battles being fought left and right around us that are pivotal, pivotal. And not being in my prayer language, not being in my prayer life, not connecting with the Holy Spirit is, is allowing those things to exist when they shouldn't. You know what I mean? They don't get access to the things that I'm doing. They don't get access to my life. But am I walking around with that authority or am I allowing this stuff to kind of get root and take hold and, and warp my perception, warp my perspective? And I don't know. Like that's, I, I, let me phrase that. I, I, I think there's a lot of that with me lately. There's been a lot of a spiritual warfare about my mind and being engaged. Like I really, I, I feel that because man, I, 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 I want to be engaged and it's just weird. Not when you want to be and you're not, um, you know, I don't know. It's weird. Is that weird for you guys? <laughs> Do you guys go through it? Am I just like, you know what I mean? Am I just blabbering? I know I'm blabbering, but I can't be the only one, right? I'm not the only one that struggles. You know, like Paul said, I, I, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. Um, I, I can't be like this. The only one that's just like, man, where is this, this apathy for this, you know, the word, like I can't have a lackadaisical approach to God. Like I can't have it. Like he's so important. It's so amazing. And like, just to sit back and think about what I've been delivered from. Like my life a couple of years ago versus now, like, oh my gosh, I, I'm still blown away that this is my life. The fact that I even get to talk to you guys on this podcast should not be available to you. I should not be doing this. I should be dead in a ditch based on my life choices and decisions and where I was going. But here I am. And that's nothing to do with me. That's everything to do with him. Everything to do with the Lord and me abiding in what that looks like and the fruit that he's produced from it. Cause it wasn't my idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't my decision. It was his. So then why do I make it difficult? You know, why do I make it more difficult than it needs to be? So it's a frustrating question that I don't know the answer to, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working progress. You know, I am saved. I am all those things. I am delivered. I, all that. I just need to walk in that authority, but understanding what that looks like on a practical basis. You know, the obedience side of it, praying for people, you know, giving things to God, praying over myself, praying over my wife, my life, you guys, like the, you know, all the things that I need to have, I need to like, you know, again, be more active in that, which is a fun place to be in, you know, knowing that there is something amiss, but knowing that I'm working towards that. Does that make like, you know, I'm like, I'd be more upset. I'd be more, I'd be, <laughs> I don't know. How do I say this? It would be worse if I thought I was doing okay right now. You know, that would be worse, I think, than not admitting that there is a passion problem. <laughs> we'll call it the passion problem. <laughs> there is a, a lack of passion right now and a lack of abiding. Um, and that's what, you know, that's is where I'm at. I love the Lord. I'm, you know, listening to the podcast, you know, the other sermons and everything else, and they're amazing. But I got to ignite that fire in me. I don't care what anybody else says. If it's not ignited in me, if I'm not sprinting towards the Lord, then that's on me. Um, and I need to rectify that or course correct or, you know, all the verbiage, you know, the words. But that's where I'm at. This is where I'm at right now. That was what I thought was cool. The prayer for David versus the prayer for Solomon. I thought that was so awesome. Um, and just, yeah, yeah, that's the abide. 
John, just like Jesus nailed it. His words. If you're going to believe anyone, believe Jesus. When he says, if you abide in me, it's a promise that you'll produce fruit. It's a promise that you'll be pruned, which is good. Maybe this is a pruning, you know, just learning how to fight for him more and not be comfortable where I'm at. I need to produce more fruit. So maybe that's the issue. I need some pruning clearly. All right. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this drabble. <laughs> uh, one of these days we'll have some fun, upbeat stuff. And one of these days show will be on this. We'll see. She is dodging this like the draft. Anyway, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. You have been listening to What's Up Church Podcast. Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't.